Hello, everybody. My name is Bill Keever, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Should the enemy try to condemn our fight, his righteousness will Well, praise God. Welcome again to Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to thank you for joining us today. We have been looking at some things in the Word that I believe are very, very important for us today, very important for the church to be what it needs to be in this day in which we live, and uh, started out this year by talking about the tremendous potential that God has invested in you as a believer. You have potential, and that potential is released in not our natural gifts or our natural living, but in our ability to be what Jesus said we were. In John 17, he said uh, to the Father, I pray for these people, this church, the church that's being born right now, and I, I ask you not to take them out of the world because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. When I gave them my word, I made them something different. But don't take them out. Lord, help them and protect them and keep them while they're right in the world. And I believe that God has sent us into the world not to be just a uh, maybe nice people or not to be just a group of people that has maybe a better lifestyle or a different lifestyle. I believe he wants us to be supernatural people living right here in the natural world. And in order to do that, we have to believe that there is a supernatural God. In in, uh, Hebrews 11.6, the Bible speaks about the fact that God is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. And 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 it says that that is faith. That's how we operate by faith. We got to believe that he's here. We got to believe that he's He's real. We got to. We have to believe. Excuse me for my bad use of language, but we have to believe that He is moving in us, through us, and able to do everything the Bible says He can do. And in line with that, we've been looking at this thought that we need to have a childlike faith in the supernatural, that we need to believe that there really is another world that we live in uh, along with the natural world. In other words, there's two places that we are at once. It's hard for our natural minds to accept that, but Jesus said we have been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, there is an aspect of that that means that we're there in him. He's there, therefore we're there because we're in covenant. But I also believe it means or it points to the reality of this other world where he's seated in heavenly places. But that world created this world, and so we have to believe that there really is a supernatural reality that we have access to a believer as believers, and we need to uh, accept that in a childlike way. And, you know, things got a little bit out of hand for a while, particularly in the charismatic renewal. Among the charismatic people, we began to see supernatural things only in the sense of the spectacular, or the otherworldly, and that's not necessarily what it is. Now, we've talked about the fact that God does supernatural things even in natural ways where just things tend to work out for us and, and the timing gets to be right for things that we may need 
people that we might need or that we might meet in order to meet those needs. But we need to believe that there is a God who heals the sick. There is a God who raises the dead. There is a God who moves in a supernatural way outside of what is possible in the natural. Because if we don't believe that, if we start to believe that we can do it with our uh, with marketing or with methods or with education or just because uh, we have a better business model or a better uh, uh, kind of structure than somebody else, it's never going to produce what God wants. In Galatians, we looked at this. It says, what makes you think, and this is a paraphrase, but Paul says to the Galatians, what makes you think that you can finish something in the flesh that was begun in the spirit? You were born again in the Spirit. The church are those people who received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And when we did, something happened inside of us. We became supernatural people. We were reconnected uh, to the same kind of relationship with God that, that Adam had in the Garden of Eden, and even on a higher level. I don't want to take the time to go into that. But in realizing this, that we have access to the supernatural, I don't have to be limited to my bank account. I don't have to be limited to my natural abilities. I don't have to be limited to what I can do in the natural, my resources, my family, or anything else. I am able to, to, uh, to if, if you will, to kind of connect with and draw from a world that I don't see with my natural eyes, hear with my natural ears, feel with my natural feelings. So I have access to that supernatural world. And I got to believe, I have to believe that it is real, that it is there. And, you know, uh, in in terms of natural things, uh, it doesn't make sense. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that the wisdom of God is foolishness to man. Things like this don't make sense. And yet Paul says, that's exactly what I preach. And in doing so, I see the power of salvation released into the world. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to see in our lives. I have never been in a time where we more needed to see the manifestation of the Spirit of God, the manifestation of a supernatural God, than we do right now. I want to look at a scripture today that kind of uh, leads us. Now, the the scripture in in my blog, I put the very last verse uh, first. It says, "...having a form of godliness, but denying its power." We see all over today denominational churches, even spirit-filled, quote-unquote, churches, charismatic churches, uh, Pentecostal churches that increasingly have a form of godliness, a form of religion. Uh, They may be more modern forms. They may be older forms. They may be liturgical forms. They may be uh, forms built around doctrinal understandings. But whatever they may be, we have the forms. The forms are there. Now, people, the problem that we're seeing right now is people are rejecting the forms in great numbers, and it doesn't matter what form. Uh, in our little town, there are a number of denominational churches, and they are shrinking and shrinking until they uh, seem like they're just, most of them are just going to go away. The one exception may be the Catholic Church, and that's simply because it's, it's the way it works and the machinery of it are so big and so, uh, they, they put such a pressure on 
people who claim to be Catholic that many of them aren't going to church anymore, but yet they'll still practice certain things because of of the pressure. I mean, when you tell people that if they don't go to church, they're going to go to hell, that could be a pretty good draw. And I'm not being critical. It is just one. I grew up there, okay? I grew up as a Catholic. So it's just one of those, the teachings of the Catholic Church, though not emphasized anymore. Uh, but, but even in the Catholic Church, there is a diminishing, particularly in this country, of people who are willing to accept the forms without seeing something more than the forms. The forms have begun to look irrelevant and powerless, and people are saying, I I don't need that kind of intrusion into my life if it's not going to do anything for me. If I'm just going to go to get a form or to function in a form, that's not enough for me. And so we see this description in Paul's letter to Timothy. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, and what I read is verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. If we're going to have a form and think that we're going to draw people when we deny the power or we see no power— in that form where we are no longer supernatural, but we are uh, philosophical Christians, we are culturally a form of Christianity, people are not going to keep coming. We need something more. We need to see both the form. I believe in forms. Uh, I don't. I think sometimes the form becomes too important to us, but every one of us has a form. If you're part of a church, if you are practicing Christian and there's some kind of form surrounding what you do, it's good to have the forms, but we also need the godliness, we, I mean the power of godliness. The form of godliness is great, but the power is so necessary and so important, and particularly as we look at the world today. Now, I want to read the rest of that, uh, uh, the verses leading up to that particular verse, beginning in chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read it in a couple of different translations because I think they give us kind of a better picture, but let's read it in the New King James. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The last days, perilous times will come. Perilous times are described in a couple of different ways in the Amplified Bible, but understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with, and hard to bear. How many of you can look around the world today and say that pretty much describes where we live to uh, where we live right now? Uh, wars and plagues and pandemics and financial and political upheaval. We are living in perilous times, and you know, as I've observed the situation uh, going on in the world today where uh, Ukraine is concerned and and the war that's going on in Europe, and it is a war and there are atrocities, terrible things happening, and the whole world is looking on and realizing something bad is happening here. As we look at that, it also highlights, and I think many of us have looked and thought, my goodness, what's going to happen next? What if these people escalate this thing? What if we escalate this thing? What could happen? We're dealing with a power that has nuclear weapons. What could happen? It's perilous. It's dangerous. And then you look at other parts of the world that are observing what's going on in Ukraine and saying, well, do we want to do our own uh, uh, thing and do our uh, make our own claims and attacks If they get away with it, can we get away with it? There are perilous times right now. They're perilous financially. The the systems that we trust in are 
perilously close or perilously vulnerable. Uh, a while ago, uh, one of the young, um, well, not so young, younger than me anyway, men in our church, works for someone in, in uh, filmmaking, and they do a lot with commercials, etc. But at any rate, a friend of, of the bosses heard from a guy in the Pentagon that was a friend of his, and there was a real concern about a cyber attack. And, and uh, he emailed some of us and said, listen, you need to maybe consider putting some food aside. Maybe you need to consider uh, preparing like there's a hurricane coming because this cyber attack could shut down our grid and all kinds of things. They're perilous. It's perilous times, dangerous times, wars, and, and as the Bible said about the last days, rumors of wars. There are things set in motion that make these dangerous, perilous times both uh, personally, in our own lives, where our own finances and our families and the stresses that we deal with, and then in the world. Then it goes on to say uh, that uh, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Boy, what a list that is. Let's look at that. For people, and the Amplified says, for people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered. Does that describe, I mean, have you watched anything on media? Have you listened to celebrities and how they're they're so absorbed with self? How about politicians? And even people in general can be this way. They're self-centered they're, and lovers of money. That doesn't mean uh, just uh, that all they care about is money. But let me read it in another uh, version here. It says in the New Living Version, For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, and ungrateful. They will love only themselves and care only about money. There, there's a story, and this is a, uh, he's not a, a bad person by any means, but it was a, a contract for sp- uh, sports uh, a baseball player who uh, wanted to make $1 million more than the highest played pay- payer highest paid player at his position. Now, they were both making $30 million, but he wanted to make 31 so he could be the highest paid player. Listen, there's something wrong with that when $1 million is so important to somebody that that's what it takes to sign a contract because they have to be the highest paid player. That is what the Amplified called uh, utterly and self-centered lovers of money, and aroused by an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth. I think that's pretty descriptive of what goes on in our world. Proud and arrogant. Have you listened to people? Have And I'm not just talking about people in general, but those that we pay attention to, again, the politicians, the actors, the all the people in the public eye, they're proud, they're arrogant, uh, they're boasters contemptuous boasters. That means uh, contemptuous means that they look down on everybody else. Isn't that what happens in the political realm? That we look down on anybody that disagrees with us, and those that say they're most tolerant are intolerant, and even the rest of us are also tend to be very intolerant of anybody that disagrees with us, and our way is the best way, and my way is most important. And that's these times that, that are being described. Let's go on with the Amplified uh, Desire for Wealth. Proud and arrogant, contemptuous boasters, they will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents. Listen, abusive. There, I, I just I hardly can listen to the news anymore because everybody is so abusive to everybody else. And we wonder why there are divisions among us. 
listen, the way to become inclusive is to begin to bless one another, love one another, take care of one another, even if you disagree with them, and and be able once again to have a discourse to talk about ideas without becoming abusive. But that seems to be lost in our society. Uh, blasphemous. Blasphemous is is ascribing to God things that God didn't do, ascribing uh, just lowliness or, or commonness to who God is and what God is. Have we ever been in a time where God has, has been held in such low respect and regard? We are in these days that we're talking about. Uh, let me just jump over again to the, uh, to the New Living. It says they will be unloving, Oh, no, here it says in uh, verse uh, 2 again, they will consider nothing sacred, nothing sacred. They are disobedient to parents. My goodness, right now in our school systems and in certainly a, a portion of our culture, Parenthood has somehow become a bad thing, and we need to take these children out from under their parents. We need to teach these children about things that their parents are not teaching them. Listen, parents know and love their children. Not all parents are good parents, but not all parents are bad parents. And I personally do want, do not want uh, the, the professionals, the state, the school teaching my children things that are opposite of what I believe. They're my children. I'm taking care of them. I'm paying for them. I'm raising them. And so not only disobedient to parents, but we're taught to disrespect parenthood in general. This is, a, this is not a good time. Uh, it says that they will have no self-control. Come on, have we looked at the way our world is? No self-control. Cruel. Have you looked at the kind of entertainment that's out there? It's not just violent. It's cruelly violent. Games and all kinds. I, I just look at some games and just, you know, I like to play some games on my phone. And you look at some of these sniper guys. It's not good enough that, you know, you shoot the gun and the guy falls down. His head has to explode. There's got to be blood everywhere. There's something wrong with this. Cruelty to people, cruelty to one another, not just not just disagreeing, but again, making fun of people uh, and, and, and talking uh, about them like they, were, they, like they were just less than human. There's something wrong. Slander is a word that's in this section of Scripture. And the word slander means to tell, uh, say things about people that just aren't true. Well, uh, have you heard the term fake news? It's all over the place. And people saying things about other people that have no basis of proof, there's no proof that these things are true, but once they're said, you can't get out of them. You can't get away from them. Uh, let's go back again, just looking at uh, the King, uh, the New King James in verse 3, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, people don't forgive. Well, forgiveness, that's, that would be weakness. Traitors. Now, nobody, nobody wants to say you're a traitor, but there are traitors out there. There are people, what is a traitor? Someone who will betray the, their country, betray the welfare of the people of their country and, and do it for their own gain and up, uh, uphold or uplift other uh, systems or countries at the expense of the country in which they live. Listen, there are traitors out there, headstrong, they're haughty, 
Haughty means high thinking. They think higher of themselves than everybody else. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now, this is a tough list, and it leads to this verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Listen, I don't believe the whole church is like this. I don't believe everybody in the church is everything that's in this list, and that's the problem. You read something like this, and I I just want to point out that this stuff is out there. No matter what you may think about uh, politics, or what you may think about religion or what you may think about a lot of different things, you read through that list and you have to believe, you have to know it's out there. That is that is the spirit of our times, just like it was the spirit of the times when Paul lived. We live in, in times that are much closer to those days culturally, spiritually, and, and, and globally than at any time in my life for sure. And I think possibly at any other time in history, but, but that's that's a statement I can't prove. But we, 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 we have this spirit operating in the world. Now, what does that lead to? And the point of what I want to say today is that is what led to their having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then Paul says, from such people turn away. Uh, in the Amplified, let me see if I can find that. It says, avoid all such people. Turn away from them in the new living It says it this way. It says, I have to get to the right page here. It says, you must stay away from people like that. Listen, as Christians, we need to take a close look at ourselves. I don't believe we're all like that. And I believe that many of us uh, are, are doing our best to not be like that. And yet, I think we have to understand that this is the spirit of the days in which we are living. And I believe that all of us know that we need to depend on the Spirit of God more. We need to depend on God more than we are right now. And I don't know about you, but I believe, I know in my heart, we need to see more of the power of godliness, not just the form of godliness. Well, why do we not see it? Some of the reasons, some of the things people say, and I've, I've heard it taught various groups, various doctrinal ideas that talk about how certain things that were in the early church have passed away. We don't need them anymore. We don't need the power of God anymore. Someone recently tried to say, well, tongues is just not a manifestation that we need anymore. And I've heard others say, well, healing passed away. Apostles, prophets passed away. Why do people talk about things that have passed away? We say that, we come to that conclusion because of what this scripture says. We Not only do we not see the power that's behind godliness, but we turn away from it or we deny it. We ignore it. We have to explain because we're not seeing it. It says having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Why do we deny it? Because we haven't seen it. If it hasn't worked in a while, if it's not working in my life, well, I've got to come up with some reason why it's not working. So let's, one of them that has become very popular because it's been a long time since the the greater church has seen them is, well, it just doesn't work that way anymore. It all just passed away. We don't need it anymore. That's a lie from the devil. I often wonder, when did it pass away? You know, what was the date? Was there an obituary? Can, can you give me a chapter and verse that tells me when these things passed away? There's nothing in the Bible that says they should pass away or they have passed away. Some say 1 Corinthians 13. Well, there it is right there. In the end, it says, when that which is perfect is come, we won't need these other things. 
things. But here's the problem with that. And and really, 1 Corinthians 13 says just the opposite. But the problem that I want to throw out to you, or a question I want to ask you, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, he gives details and detailed instructions on how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, in the supernatural demonstrations, supernatural manifestations, the power of godliness, if you will. Why would he give those in 12 and 14 and then say in the middle of those in 13, but but they're all going to pass away in a generation or so. So why bother learning about them if they're not going to be applicable? God has not changed. God's, God's, uh, God's nature has not changed. Jesus needed the demonstration of the power of God. Paul saw the demonstration of the power of God. The early church saw the demonstration of the power of God. And if you study church history... And if you look at through many different uh, movements and uh, things that have happened, every one of the movements in the body of Christ started in some kind of manifestation of the power of God. My brother and sister, people are not going to believe you because you're so smart. They're not going to believe you because you're so well-spoken. They're not going to believe you because you're right. They're going to believe you because God manifests himself in some way whether it's the miraculous and healing or just the anointing of, uh, of his presence on our lives and on the word that we speak, somehow God is going to demonstrate himself. No one, the Bible says, no one can come to God unless he's drawn by the Lord. God wants to draw them. How? Sometimes by healing their bodies. Sometimes by giving you the words that will cut through all of the things that they resist. But we need more than just a good form. We need the demonstration of the Spirit and power of God. What should we do? Am I throwing out a big uh, condemnation on everybody? Y'all just no good. That's why we don't see the power. No, because I'd have to include myself in that. But I do believe that although condemnation is never from God, conviction is. Condemnation really points to the fact that there's something wrong with you that you can't fix. Conviction says uh, God is God calling you up higher. God's saying, here are some things that need to be looked at, and you can fix them to get closer to God and become a greater channel for my power. If I think it would behoove us to just read through this. It can be, you know, a little bit a little bit difficult if we if we accept the fact that these things are at work in our lives. Now, not all of them, not everybody is all of this, but this spirit is affecting us, and I believe it's affecting the church, and the more we allow these things that he talks about, take some time, study it out, look at the words, define them, read it in some different translations, but make sure they're translations that are giving you an accurate an accurate picture of what the word is saying, uh, and, and find out what they are, and ask yourself, ask the Holy Ghost, help me to see things that I need to change. Where is this influencing me? Where is this keeping me from being willing to believe that I can be used to see the power of God flow to my area, to my community, to my family, to my church? That's, that's what God is talking about. That's the church Jesus sent into the world. He said, as the Father sent me, so I send you in John chapter 17. And how did the Father send him? He didn't send him powerless. He didn't send him with just a good philosophy. He didn't send him with just good preaching or good teaching. He sent him with a demonstration of the power of God. He didn't even send him with much of a form, although there was a form in place, and he did not deny nor remove himself from that form. Paul did not remove himself completely from that form. He operated within it when he could, but in that form, that form itself had become completely devoid 
void of power. And by the time Jesus came, there was no real power operating there. Jesus came with something different. He came with God manifesting himself in signs and wonders and healings and many other ways. What do we need to do? We need to take a look at ourselves objectively. I feel like this is so important because the moment we start to read stuff like this, we got to, we get to feeling guilty and we think, oh, well, either we re- respond one of two ways. Well, I couldn't be that way. I'm not like that. What are you saying? Or we get so condemned that we think, oh, I'm no good. I'm worthless. I can't do anything. That's not what God has in mind when he leads us to scriptures like this. Objectively means I'm going to look at myself without being colored by emotion, without being colored by selfishness, without being colored by my own sense of worth and say, I know my worth is in you. Hallelujah. Now, help me see my life through the eyes of this this scripture and through your eyes, God. And if we do that, if we examine ourselves along these areas, I believe God's going to help us see the things maybe we're doing we're not even aware of, the attitudes that we've allowed to develop that we're not even aware of, and then we can apply the word from 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. It's a great scripture. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We can't just bury our head in the sand and say, well, that's not me. I'm not like that. Uh, and how dare you say I'm like that? If we say we don't have sin, The truth is not in us. We deceive ourselves. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So what are we saying here? Apply this to this list of things and say, Lord, show me the things that really are sins. Show me the things that I really do need to correct and start by going to God and saying, Father, I'm sorry. I see this stuff in my life now. God's not condemning you. God's not rejecting you. God's saying, here's some things that you could change. And if you change them, you can become a greater channel for the power and wisdom of God to flow through you to the people around you. This is the day in which we live, just as it was the day in which Paul lived. We can rise above it. And just think, if we do, if we manage to get these things filtered out of our lives, that we don't have to be that way because everybody else is. We don't have to. This is part of the problem that we face, this, this idea of compliance to things and this idea of what's cool and what's hip and what's happening now and the way everybody else is. So that's the way I need to be. We need to get rid of that in our thinking. If we'll just look at those things and say, you have no place in me and correct what we need to correct, not just on our own. You can't do it. You can't just say, I'm not going to do that anymore. You need to reach out and ask God to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in you. If we do that, Imagine what will happen if there be, if there is a people who begin to look like Jesus looked on the earth. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We should be able to see if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. What would it be like if there were a people who had access to supernatural ability, supernatural power, supernatural uh, 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 provision, supernatural v- uh, joy, supernatural peace? What if we could really display that? What if we became a channel to that, that touched other people? and met them at the point of their need, not just with our natural things. That's a great thing to do. Reach out to them with your substance, help them, give time and all that. But what if we had something more that we could give them? When Peter and John came to the beautiful gate of the temple, 
Uh, there was a man there who had uh, who was lame from birth, and he was there begging, and he said, would you please give me some money? And Peter looked at him and said, listen, I don't have money. Hallelujah. Maybe you don't have money right now, but Peter said something else that's very important. I don't have silver or gold, but what I have, what I have, oh, I'm feeling an anointing right now. What I have, what do you have? You have Jesus. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the power of God. Maybe you got some money, use it to build a kingdom. Maybe you've got some time, use it to help other people. But if I don't have money, if I don't have silver, gold, resources, anything else, what I do have, Peter said, what I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. We have that name. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He rose up. He went walking and leaping and praising God. You know where he did it? He did it in the place of the form in the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. What if that were happening? How would that change? How would it uh, change us? How would it change our churches? How would it change our ministries? We need to not just have the form of God, godliness, but we need to have the power of godliness, and we need to be careful that because we haven't seen it, that we don't begin to deny it. That's what happens. People begin to deny that it's real. It's not really real. It's not, it's not, it can't be because I'm not a good enough channel. It can't be because I haven't developed my spiritual life the way I should. Listen, none of those things are condemning. It can't be because there's some things not right in my life. It must be that God just doesn't do that anymore. Can I just tell you, if he said it in his word, he still does it. And by my looking at myself, not with guilt, not with condemnation, not 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 just thinking that I'm somehow bad or or terrible. And if you are bad and terrible in some ways, then then repent. But listen, it's about looking at myself objectively so that I can be what God needs me to be in the world that I'm living in right now because God wants to touch the hearts and minds of the people around us. And that's what we're here for. He wants to bless you. He'll take care of you. But you need to understand, and I need to understand, that we're here for something much more than that. But it takes more than our natural resources, abilities, our natural uh, forms to reach people. They need to see that God is real, just like you and I have found out Maybe we forget sometimes, but we found out somewhere along the line, if you got saved, that God was real and you gave your life to him. Well, praise God. Take a look at yourself this week, not not in condemnation, but in an objective evaluation of where you are and have the, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And once he shows you, then repent and begin to make the changes. If you do, good things are going to happen. Well, I'm over my time. Have a great day in the Lord. God bless you. And we'll talk to you again soon. This podcast is an outreach of Living Word International, a division of Intercession Ministries. If you'd like to contact us, please email livingwordintgreen at gmail.com. That's livingwordintgreene at gmail.com. Have a great day.